Fulcrum, you wake up having clearly thrashed about in bed quite a bit. And a lanky but concerned-looking Tengu, a, a Tengu who does not look like he commonly carries concern for anyone on his face, looks over you with a great deal of concern. And he says, Fulcrum, are, are, are you okay? You're thrashing out. And you do have claws, so you did ruin, like, all of this. All of this is ruined. Well, that's nothing new between us, is it, honey? (laughs) Normally I would get you for the honey, because that one's new. But you were screaming at the top of your lungs. And saying all kinds of weird things in a language that I don't understand. So, I'm worried about you. Do you need to see a priest or an alchemist who's like, oh, I mean, you're an alchemist, but you know what I mean. No, no, I, uh, I think it was just a nightmare. Hell of a nightmare. I don't know. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, I'll, um, this one time, I will make breakfast. You cannot tell anyone, especially anyone in the guild. If they hear this, they'll say I've gone soft and it'll be nothing but work for me. I'll make you breakfast. Take a moment. Maybe don't go back to sleep. I have some possessions left. Yeah, I don't think I'll be uh, going back to bed anytime soon. Uh, I think I'm awake for the day, so... Much obliged on the breakfast. That sounds like a good plan. I will uh I will work on coffee. Amber, you wake up. You are in what is not quite a cradle, not quite a trough. Uh I effectively was literally a gonna wo- say you wake up you're in a flower pot. <laughs> You're not, That'd be so cute. You're not far from the truth. <laughs> Amber, you wake up in a fine box filled with soft dirt, lichen, some stones, a, a soft bed for you. Peering through the door into your room, dorm room, in Kess's premier and only school of wizardry, is a kindly old dwarven man with a long beard nearly reaching to the ground. It's Iriday. <sighs> He's given you a place to stay because he just enjoys chatting with you a lot. That's awfully kind of him. He's just a surprisingly kind man, especially for dwarves who often do not like giving anyone anything for free. But he goes and cuts against the grain. Um, uh, Amber, are you all right? I'm fine. I'm fine. It, it's, it's Chelsea? 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 Where are you? I'm okay. What? I could feel... A lot of, um, I, yeah, I'm all right. Chelsea pokes her head up over the edge of the crate. She had been sleeping in her own little nest. Uh, you kept, um, I'm worried about, I felt bad things from you. And you were speaking Aklo, says the man. Huh. That's, which language is Aklo? Well, speaking is perhaps not the right word. You were shouting in Aklo, and I haven't heard you shout before ever. It is an ancient and terrible tongue. It's just one you have no business knowing, uh, speaking. It's concerning. If you don't know it, then I'm worried about you, Amber. It's fine. It was just a dream. Um, when's, what time is it? Uh, it's morning. It's uh, just a bit past dawn. I was just coming by when I heard the shouting. Um, Amber's going to rub his cap and slap himself and be like, okay, I'm fine. I'm up. I'm up. Let's let's go to class. I wanted to tell you that I've been looking into your patron, as you've uh, been calling it. There's an interesting place beyond the Badlands, or perhaps in the Badlands, known as Darkmount. Perhaps uh, it has a fey connection It's a very dangerous place to go, you must understand, but I think we could look into it a bit more, though I'm worried about your state of, um, I'm worried about how you are. 
Amber. You've you've proven yourself an exceptional student, particularly with your unusual aptitude for communing with nature. I worry about you. Please, if you'd like, uh, we breakfast will be served, your usual, of course. And just try not to think about it for a bit, and perhaps I can, I can look into it some. Ah, uh, okay. Thanks, thanks a lot, Iriday. I'm glad that you're really worried about me, but I'm be I'll be fine. Really, it's just a dream. It's fine. Well, I trust you, Amber. Actually, hang on one real quick question. I'm really curious. What is Amber's normal breakfast? <laughs> 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 oh yes, that's a good point. We're all dying to know. What is Amber's normal breakfast? Partially decaying, uh, <laughs> probably a little bit moldy bread. Probably. <laughs> oh, no. Wow, I didn't know Amber was a cannibal, but okay. <laughs> I'm not eating the mold. I'm eating the decaying bread, which has already been a little bit like. I guess decayed. it makes sense. It like makes it sense. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> But like dipped in soy sauce. <laughs> well, of course. Iconic. Yeah. How else would you eat it? <laughs> exactly. Char, you wake up in your parents' home, in your bedroom, that you normally had shared with your, your brothers. But no brothers are in this bedroom right now. It's just you. You're drenched in sweat. And unlike the others, nobody comes in to greet you. Um... Do I remember anything of the dream? You do remember things, but it's fading quickly. You look over to your wall and you see in ink that is darker than the darkest night, a drawing of a circle, a a porthole on the side of a ship. Is there ink near it? Like actual usable ink? Yes, on your desk there is ink and paper. Char is going to frantically get up and say, I have to draw it, I have to draw it, I can't forget it, I can't forget it, and he's going to draw everything he can remember as quickly as he can. You draw a city on fire, a three-headed knoll, one of its heads decayed, a great flail with three heads in its hands. You draw a city with long shadows and something enormous flying above blocking out the stars. It gets more fuzzy, but you draw a city sized for giants with ghostly fuzzy images in the background and a group of six individuals walking through the streets. And finally, you draw a book sitting upon an altar surrounded by six individuals, one standing over it wreathed in darkness. All six figures seem to have wings. Maybe? Long cloaks? But that's what you get. Kamar, you wake up. I would like, and tell me if this is an appropriate use of the skill, I would like to roll Lore Dreamlands to immediately commit this dream to memory. All right. Uh, we will <laughs> first talk about where you are. Good. Okay, that would be a good start, but... You wake up near a cold hearth in a relatively nameless tavern. Not a nice tavern in the city of Paths. You wake up to see two ruffians standing over you, a halfling and a human, and you can hear something about the barkeep saying, No, don't mess with that one. Believe me, they're more trouble than it's worth. The last ones who did it broke their hands, and they were a lot Lot, lot drunker. Also, get the hell out of my establishment. The woman pulls out a, a crossbow from behind the bar. We don't take pickpockets around here. The two ruffians look at her, look at the crossbow, look at you. And the particularly gnarly looking halfling says, well, he wasn't fucking with it anyway. She's like, that's right. Now get the fuck out. Kamar, you're going to have to stop sleeping in here. Kamar is like has got their head in their their wing hands. Like, once the situation's a little bit diffused, is, like, just cussing up a storm in Aklo, trying to keep this dream in their head and, like, keep it in memory. I am never serving you absinthe ever again. I don't care how much silver you put on the damn counter. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up! Hang on, hang on, hang on. And I'm... Is this, a, is this an appropriate time to roll more dreamlands? 
I think you can roll Lord Dreamlands. Okay. My my reasoning being, you know, like probably in the study of dream studying the dreamlands, you get like an idea of how to keep on hold on to like lucid dreams and dream memories and stuff. Absolutely. The woman is going to make you fucking leave her bar. That's fine. <laughs> so you're outside in the bright sun <laughs> trying to commit this shit to to over as fuck. Hung over as fuck. And I am going to give you a minus two status penalty to your lower roll. I accept incredible but you may absolutely roll and it is going to be a difficult dc but we'll see what happens okay uh that is a 23 the dream quickly swiftly fades however you can uh as a failure which is like a partial yeah um, you could pick one piece of the dream sequence to remember Mm -hmm. strongly Mm -hmm. or you can remember all pieces of it vaguely i choose to remember the altar and the book and the sacrifice strongly. Okay. All right. You do remember it strongly. You remember tearing off your own flesh and fistfuls with clawed hands, ripping yourselves outside of your cocoons of flesh, a horrific perverse birth and the alien creature inside of you. You're also pretty sure that was a dream because there's not a weird alien thing inside of you. You're pretty sure. Yeah. Pretty sure. Though less sure now than before. You remember that whatever the sixth thing was, it was also one of these winged creatures. Demons, maybe? Yeah. Hard to say. If anything, it's your absence of a memory of this thing, the sixth creature, the leader of you. And you do remember the others being there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, that was weird. That was weird. Uh, and then I guess I'll, I'll just like stumble home-ish. I guess, what time is it? <laughs> it's a little after dawn. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> then I'll just get on with today's work, I guess, which is to find out whether or not we have work today. So I go find Biddy. Okay, you head on. You may run by a couple of uh, street food stands to try to work on this headache that you do have. Yeah. Finally, Bidouin, you wake up. Unlike the others, I would like you to tell me where you wake up, because I can never keep track of Bidouin. (laughs) (laughs) No one knows where Bidouin is. It's part of their charm. I actually think Bidouin is outside in an abandoned alley or something tucked up underneath a set of stairs where no one can really see them hidden in the shadows. So you wake up in this alley. It's surprisingly comfortable and surprisingly clean. You um, may not have intended this, but you are not lying on garbage and the alley is shadowed. And as you wake up, headache, confused, adrenaline running through you, covered in sweat, dream escaping from your mind. You notice that there is a crumpled piece of paper that has been pressed into your hand. I'm going to uncrumple it and see what's on it. There are three letters on this piece of paper. They're written in shadow tongue and the darkest of black inks. And it simply says T-A-G. Tag. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) But Owen is going to stand up and just say... Really don't feel like playing games right now. Maybe after breakfast. Fulcrum. Cade the Tengu, the member of the guild, your paramour of yet-to-be-determined relationship. And I don't just mean narratively, but I don't think that either of you have figured out what this is yet. I mean, listen. Fulcrum knows what it is. Cade may not. But Fulcrum knows what it is. Fair enough. <laughs> Fulcrum knows it's a, a fling. <laughs> it's a fling. All right. Um, Love and support Cade anyway. Cade comes back into the room with a tray, a simple wooden tray, with a simple but hearty breakfast that he's prepared, including a lot of coffee. He looks at you very seriously and says, "Um, you didn't tell anyone that you were going to be here, right? Uh, honestly, I don't think so. Because there's somebody outside asking for you. 
Who? I don't know. What what do they look like? Human. Respectable. Does that sound like anyone I know? You've met respectable humans before. When they give the description, they sound like they could be any guild agent, any sort of merchant or merchant's lackey. Somebody who works for the government, like they could really be anyone. They're wearing fairly normal, fine clothing, which for this part of town is unusual. I can see them like out the window or something. There are not really windows in the room that you're in. And you are on the fourth story of uh, an apartment. Okay, this is just from descriptions from what Kate's saying. If you peer out the door, you can see this individual standing out there confidently. They do have a curved sword by their side. And if you want to make a quick society check, I can tell you what you know about them. This is not a secret check. Here I go. All right. Oh, that's a natural 20 plus 12 for society. You do recognize this person and you know who specifically they are. Okay. First things first, they are an agent of the government. I don't like that. A a servant of the government. Not particularly high ranking, but they work directly for high merchant Kendi Musura, who basically regulates all of the merchant guilds. But I'm not associated with them. I just know of this person. You've actually met them in person one time before, and you know their name. Their name is Lothos Sankatu, and they are a civil servant. They are basically the right-hand man to Kendi. More what I'm asking is, I don't have a, like a working relationship with either of those people. Uh, they actually reached out to you one time for services in regards to alchemy. It was a respectful and fully professional business exchange. Okay, cool. They're married, so you cannot, you're unlikely to seduce them. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Because you. Maybe they're they're looking for a third. Anyway. They might be, be, but I'm trying to, if anyone remembers the actor's name from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the uh, police chief who's very serious. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it's that guy. I love that. Oh, what's his name? I I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Captain Holt is the Love character Captain name, Holt. not the uh, not the actor's name. I don't know, maybe. No. Um, probably not, though. Uh, this guy is actually leaner and taller, well-dressed, wearing jewelry, colorful clothing, and a, a sword by his side. You believe that uh, he's served in the Silver Guard and knows what he's doing with that sword. Okay. Which is probably why he's in a very bad part of town dressed the way he is and doesn't really care. Okay. Well... Uh, I guess I told someone, uh, but uh, don't worry, I'll go take care of it. Uh, put a hold on breakfast, and we'll kind of like get up and uh, sashay out of there towards the door. Are you wearing clothes? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta pull on some pants and a shirt. With pants and shirt, but perhaps not shoes... Fulcrum goes outside the door, and we hear, or more specifically, we do not hear, a brief exchange between the two of them, and a parchment is handed over to you. A simple letter. And Lothos then turns and walks away. Amber, you are working on your decomposing bread. I think it's probably pretty interesting to see you eating this and dipping it in soy sauce. The other students and teachers at the relatively small academy are used to you now. I think to some degree you come off as both a curiosity and maybe a mascot in the halls of this institution. As you're sitting there, a finely dressed gentleman walks inside the main chamber. Looking around, he is brought along by another student who points over towards you. And this finely dressed, powerfully built, and very exceptionally serious looking human man walks over to you. He has multiple ear piercings and has the the regal poise of somebody who's either involved in the government, the merchant guilds, or religion. The kind of person who knows what he's doing and knows who he is and where his authority lies. He walks over. Amber Dirtseeker, I was told I could find you here. Hi, uh, can I help you? Chelsea, who is this? Chelsea pops up from behind the cap and says, I don't know who this is. He looks very serious. The man merely raises an eyebrow, seeing the talking squirrel. You were at that incident at Yorin's Ford, or specifically 
north of it with a lost caravan of settlers, correct? Well, yeah. Hmm. Good. Not that I was afraid that I'd be speaking to the wrong Leshy. <laughs> You'll be hard-pressed to find someone as adorable as me, he says, grinding another piece of <laughs> bread between his toes. <laughs> Without the faintest hint of a smile, the man says, <laughs> Indeed. A high merchant would like to speak with you. Here is your summons, and he is going to produce from a satchel a officially embossed letter. This is fancy. Be there by noon. It's been difficult to find you and your companions. If you see the others, know that they are invited as well. Okay. Thank you? That is all. You are welcome. And he leaves. Amber is very confused, but will look at the summons. And it is indeed a official summons by High Merchant Kendi Musura at noon at his home, which is effectively a mansion in the Silver the Silver Square district for purposes of undisclosed business. But you assume probably a job, because whenever you see things like this, they tend to work out to being a job. You've never been hired by someone that this important before or wealthy. Yeah. Amber will be confused enough, but intrigued enough, and be like, Chelsea, I think we should go find Char. Yeah, that sounds like a really good idea, actually. Let's let's go do that, and hopefully he won't be mean. Well, he'll be. It's fine. And Amber rushes out with a piece of decaying bread in his hand, because there's no other way to do this anime girl thing. <laughs> <laughs> piece of decaying bread... In one hand, letter held in the other, arms up, outstretched and back behind, trailing behind, as you anime girl run your way towards where you know Char's home to be in, often known as the Grey Quarter. Char, we will handle you in a second. Kamar, Bidouin, I believe that you meet either by chance or planning or just expectations of where the other would be at a street vendor stall conveniently placed near the uh, the market square. <laughs> so there's there's a little greeting ritual that Kamar has whenever they see like someone they know kind of like the first time that day, they will just hand them like a little uh like handcrafted totem thing that they've made. The first time that day that you have like a saving throw against like a spell, you get a plus one. Kamar just makes these. It's a thing they do. Especially after really, really bad nightmares like the one they nice. had last Tell night. me what this token, this talisman looks like. It's woven together with like freshly plucked feathers, a bit of like the, the long um, prairie grass that sometimes grows in and around sort of cast patches or, or straw if they've been in the city and haven't been out for a while. It's it's sort of like, like a mini dream catcher looking thing. Okay. So you meet by this stall... Whatever they sell, it's on a stick, it's covered in peanut sauce, and it is seared. It is delicious, it's probably meat, and it's also very cheap, and the vendor is only as chatty as you want them to be, which with the two of you probably isn't very chatty. I think you're both in line, and you notice each other, and once you have procured your possibly grilled meats... Kamar is a vegetarian, so they pretend it's not. <laughs> I think you specifically ask for the vegetarian option, and they give you the same thing that they give everyone yeah. else. Yeah. Kamar's like, eh, good enough. <laughs> it doesn't really look or taste like meat, so it's probably not meat. Yeah. But the two of you are standing there. Talisman has been exchanged. What do you do? I just want, for the record, when Bedouin eats, they just like pinch the front of their veil and pull it forward a little bit. And stick stick underneath. Yes. <laughs> Iconic. I love it. Bedouin is going to go ahead and show Kamar the note in Shadow Tongue. Kamar looks at it, and says, "I don't read this. What is it?" <laughs> I was well. I was going to say, question is: is the word tag in Shadow Tongue, or is it just using Shadow Tongue symbols? Because it is in Shadow Tongue, which uses different lettering. So it would not be very easily readable to anyone else. You might get a completely different word from it if you assumed it was in common. 
Gotcha. Okay. Well, I will. I will tell them then what it says. And looks like maybe the the guild is up to their tricks again. <laughs> You're it. Apparently, the question is, um, who should I tag? I mean, does this game have rules? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it doesn't have. <laughs> Come on. Okay, tag me then. They can come after me if they want. I mean, unless you're it as in it's your turn to do something, but you don't work for them anymore, right? I don't. Um, I assume it's tag your it as in we're coming after you at some point. Oh, oh, it's your turn on the hit list. It's it's a it's a yes, it's a it's a warning. It's a warning, honey. Oh, OK. No, that makes sense. So anyway, did you find us any work yesterday? Hey, look at that stall over there. Uh, look at those scarves. Yeah, okay. I mean, me neither. <laughs> pardon me. Hmm? I'm, I'm sorry, pardon me. And suddenly standing behind you with... Both of you consider yourselves perceptive, but... It's a busy street, and this guy did not draw your attention until he was just there. Yeah. It's perhaps one of the most respectable people you've seen in a while. Can I um, roll society to know who this is? Go ahead and roll society. I would love to roll society. Not my strongest skill in terms of history of rolls, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> That's going to be a 23. That one. Okay. Oh, no. That hangover, though. Yeah. <laughs> Within that one, because I'm having you roll in the open. Yeah. You do not know who this person is, and honestly, you don't care right now. Bedouin, you can tell that this is somebody who works for the government. It is a tall man, somewhat thin, finely, finely dressed, sword by his side, reddish hair, long beard, well kept, and pulled back. Long, long hair, but sort of this curly red hair that's drawn backwards, and ornately oiled and greased. He looks at the two of you. Are you the remaining member of the Sapphire Flight and their squire? Kamar immediately goes into drama mode and adopts the persona of the last knight. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am they. Betty one hunches subserviently. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And they pull out a satchel from a satchel, a parchment, uh, and a letter, in fact, with the seal of the high merchant of Kes, Kindi Musura. If you don't recognize from the seal, you recognize from the letter because it is signed by his name, requesting an audience with you and your other compatriots at noon for concerns that affect the city. The man just nods and walks away. Yeah, I think before before he does, like, Marvel say... Tell Lord Masura we he has our undying thanks, and we shall see him at the appointed time. The man just looks at you and says, indeed, and continues walking away. <laughs> as soon as he's out of here, shot. Holy shit, Biddy a gig. At the very least, free lunch. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, then I'll probably need to get my armor. I left it at home. I wasn't expecting to fight anyone today. Okay, when you say, a question though, when you say home, are we all living in separate spaces? Do we have like a meeting place that we meet up at? But it's like a bar. I mean, you and I do. Well, yeah, yeah, Kamara and I, I assume, like, probably have the same space we both go back to to store our shit. But I'm like, do we want to try to meet up with the others uh, beforehand? See if they have any more information about this summons? Also, give me that letter. Let me look at it. Yeah, here. I would like to inspect the letter. <laughs> Biddy, go ahead and roll society. Are you trained in society? I am trained in society. Not very well, but <laughs> that's going to be a 19. With a 19, you notice a couple of things. This is official stationery. The ink has flecks of silver in it, which is used to determine a member of office. It would be not enough to be worth extracting from the letter, even with a particularly potent alchemist. You might get like a silver piece worth of silver from it. However, you can tell that this letter has been written multiple times. Uh, basically, like it's been copied over multiple times. So you think that there are multiple of these letters. But yeah, it's legitimate. It definitely looks like official government stationery. It's almost certainly not written by the Lord Mosura himself. 
um, probably by a personal scribe or assistant of some kind. But this is the real, this is the real business. And reading through the lines, this is a job. This is absolutely a job. The way that you were contacted and the lettering in it, it also doesn't specify you exactly. So there may be other people invited, maybe uh, your other compatriots or, or people who are not related to you at all. I'm gonna roll it, scroll up, and uh, stuff it in my uh, my sleeve of storage, just in case I need that signature later. Now, is your sleeve of storage magical, or do you just store a lot of things in your sleeves? <laughs> it it is magical. It is magical. Okay, your sleeve of storage, fantastic. You put it inside of, I presume, the extra dimensional space. Yep. Um, for easy access later. Char, you're at home. When you hear Amber calling, Char. can I add some flair to this? Yeah, absolutely. So I imagine that after Char finished drawing all of the things, he started packing up all of his drawings, every single drawing, and putting it in his bag and got his things and began to run out of the house. And as Amber sees him, it is the most frantic and disheveled he has ever seen Char, and he immediately just snaps and's like, oh, hi, Amber. Char! And, like, tries to put on a front of being put together again. Further complication. Your mother is working the garden outside your house, and she gets up and says, oh, Char and Amber. Char, are you okay? Amber, you look... Fred, is there something I should know about? Um, well, I just got this summons thing and they said something about my friends and well I, I thought of char char did you get one uh, i have not gotten one you okay you you're kind of quiet no uh i am i'm good let's uh let's take a look at this thing okay and uh if you're willing to let me look at it i'll look at it oh yeah of course and amber will open up the summons and give it to char your mother also comes over. <laughs> she has dirt on her gloves. Uh, she has the toughness of uh, a member of, and any member of the Pariah Legion would have, or, or ex-member at this point. She served her duty, at least. Um, and she kind of looks over as well, appraising. It's from some guy named, like... Yeah, Kindy Masura. I, I guess she'll probably roll something, huh? You can roll society, but uh, just jumping ahead, because... Um, you're, if you don't recognize the very recognizable name, he's the high merchant of the city and basically in charge of all economic interests. Your mother will also tell you that as well. She tries to bring you in to get char breakfast because you look terrible, possibly comb your hair. Amber, she sees that you have breakfast, but that doesn't mean that she can't pull something together that you would like as well. Mm, fermented soybeans. She might have some fermented stuff in the larder. I would like some more of that. Maybe some pickles. That would be good. Um, after your... Um, she has some uh, something along the lines of kimchi. That's better. Very spicy, as is the way. But after pulling yourself away from breakfast and her, her normal concerns, she doesn't have a great deal of trust for the merchant skills or the high merchant. Char, you make your way... With Amber along to your your normal meeting spot, a surprisingly nice tavern known as the Lion's Den, centered in a surprisingly not nice part of town. It has four carved stone lions on the outside, and it's pretty much by whoever the guard chooses to let in. But the guard knows all of you, so you go inside, find a quiet table, and it's maybe about 10 or 11 in the morning. You still have time, but you gather around the table you have a total of, let's see, three invitations between you. The note is short and simple. It is simply a summons to the Mosura estate at noon. It does say that food, a lunch will be provided with, uh, with vegetarian options, no less. <laughs> but will there be moldy bread? There's no such thing as free lunch. Was the invite for Kamar for Kamar and Betty, or was it just for one of them? I'm just curious. It actually doesn't specify, it only simply says members of your organization and your compatriots. It does refer to you as adventurers. Wait, so they brought this to all of us? To some of us. Not me. 
Well, to me. Is this about the Yorin's Ford thing? Oh, he did actually specifically ask me if I was part of the Yorin's Ford thing. Oh. So. Well, shit. I didn't like the Yorin's Ford thing. That was bad. But it was good, too, because we help people. Yeah. And we did get paid a lot. Not to mention we made a bit of a name for ourselves. That, too. And we helped people. Yes, Amber, and we helped people. <sighs> so much money. The usual drinks. Uh, yes, please. There is a uh, a waiter standing by. It is a very heavy set half-elf. Yeah, just water. Yes, the usual. <laughs> it's the usual, like... Actually, I'll have a light ale instead of the usual. Washing the figure, eh? Alright. Nah, got a, got a business meeting this afternoon. Don't forget my straw! It's early, but could I, uh... Actually, make mine a double. <laughs> my usual. Double the usual. Got it. Got it. Anything else? Any food? I'm just kidding. You, we all know the cook sucks here. And then they walk off. <laughs> Isn't he also the cook? <laughs> That's correct. Humility is a virtue. It's a virtue, Kamara. Okay, you and I both know that's bullshit. Humility, I don't know her. I like his cooking. Amber, you like everyone's cooking. It tastes the same. Okay, remind me what happened with urine's for it. It's been a while. Like a year now? God, time flies. So, that was... Knolls, kidnapped caravan. And elders, like, they kidnapped a caravan, including the elders, and then we went there, and then you told me we couldn't go in. And then we went in, and I died. Right, yeah, that's right, the suicide mission. Yeah, where one of us died. But he's fine now. Yeah. And then there was some freaky shit underground. Ugh. <sighs> Yeah, I don't think the freaky shit was supposed to be part of it, though. Yeah, there was a gibbering mouther, and, um, remember that, remember that old, that older, I didn't like that. No. Hey, l listen, listen, speaking of freaky shit, I don't know about y'all, but, I mean, I had some pretty weird dreams after the whole Yorinsford thing, just because it was kind of a total... Did they involve tearing your own skin off to release yourself from the flesh in which you were imprisoned? It's like you took the words out of my mouth for a second there. Do we remember that? On um, reference to it, yes, you do remember, at least. Try not to remember, because it is visceral. Because you didn't just see it happening, you felt it happening. <laughs> Um, upon hearing Fulcrum and Kumar say it, Char just opens up his backpack and dumps his drawings <laughs> on the, onto the table. What on? <laughs> and this includes all of these circles as well. Char? <laughs> Kumar is- You good, Char? What? What is this? What's this ink? Oh, Char. Why did you get- if you've been, please tell me you haven't been talking to that shadow guild again. <laughs> it was just for some ink, okay? Look, it's it's fine, it's fine. But I had the dream too, and I drew these things when I woke up. The not the circles. The circles have been going on since I died. Oi! <laughs> huh? If a drink gets spilled on all of that, we're not liable. Just FYI. Also, here's your drinks. Thank you. I think I'm going to need that double to be a triple in maybe a minute, sir. I mean, whatever, as long as you got the coin for it. Kamar's like pawing, takes the drink in one hand and is like pawing through all the drawings with the, with the other. Amber's looking over Kamar's shoulder and being like, I don't, I've never seen these. I think Kamar's, like, memory is, like, getting jogged now, looking at all these a little bit. Being like, okay, yeah, right, yes, this. And they're, like, putting them in order. Like, the order that they happened. So, hold, hold on a second, everyone. You're telling me you all, we all had the same dream. I mean, seems like. Maybe. 
like looks looks to everyone individually for like affirmation. <laughs> I yeah. huh. I don't even remember the dream, but I it's kind of coming back. Kamara's um incredibly vivid description did it it did it did seem a little familiar. For those of you who are not Kamar, it is still incredibly vague, but you are connecting to it. Kamar, seeing the images, you are pulling back way more. Yeah. And it's not great. It's not doing good things for your uh, mental state, is all I'm saying. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> what you stepped into with gusto is now becoming a... Yeah, now it's... There are other things in your mind that are also starting to bubble up. Oh, God. Oh, okay. Right, the fire, the darkness, and... Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kamar's just muttering to themselves. Putting it, trying to, like, literally piecing it together as best as they can. Like, kind of, like, shuffling pages around, even though they're pretty much in the right order now. Fulcrum throws back his drink. (laughs) (laughs) I think, like, Kamar, like grabs the image of the porthole that Char drew like all those ages ago and is just like staring at it trying to like make it fit into this like mental scape and it doesn't fit at all yeah you don't remember this at all whatsoever um Char grabs it very quickly and he's like no not this one what what wait wait what did you mean not this one not this one and he like puts it back in his bag what like <laughs> i think like kamar like resists you pulling it and then like realizes what they're doing and like let's go kamar go ahead and make a a lord dreamlands check and i'll give you a plus one circumstance bonus on it okay 27 very it sounds right nice with a 27 you do remember the porthole it's not connected to the dream you just had but you remember it you remember seeing portholes as well yeah somewhere char char what is this what is that do you remember when I died, and I told you I had a dream, that I woke up on a metal ship, and I saw this window in the ship, and I looked out into th- the sea and just saw what can only be described as crazy shit. And I have been drawing this circle ever since. And this is the perfect representation that I use the ink from the people Biddy told me not to go to. Yeah. The Umbral Guilds. There's a lot of guilds in this city. It gets confusing. Kamar, like, sits back and, like, puts their wing hands over their eyes and is, like, trying to remember where they've seen this. Like, trying to put the memory together. Like, it wasn't in the dream, so where? Go ahead and make a will save. Okay. Both of us or just him? Just, just Kamar. Good news, I got a 28. (laughs) With a 28, you remember having a dream like this, Mm -hmm. but you don't remember when, but you do remember one thing. Mm -hmm. You weren't alone. The others were there too, in your dream. Oh, this is not good. Oh, this is not good. Oh, this job is going to suck ass. <laughs> is the job even related? Well, you think that you had that dream back when you were out in the Badlands with your company. Yeah. yeah. Before you had met any of these people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, this is going to suck so bad. I mean, like, listen, we all had the same dream involving... Uh, dire dire visions of horror terror uh, on the same night what connects the five of us Yorin's Ford and now we've got a job for the people who are at Yorin's Ford and another dream that Char and definitely not anybody else had while he was dead I'm just saying I don't like it. It's probably coincidence, right? No. <laughs> I mean, 
It might be coincidence. <laughs> I'm trying to make myself feel better. Okay, it might. Uh, Char, like, looks at Amber and says, It's not coincidence, but everything will be fine. <sighs> okay. Okay. I I trust you, Char. Well. Yeah, I think, I think Kamar looks at Char. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Mm, Amber probably speaks Sylvan, so never mind. That doesn't say anything. <laughs> Amber absolutely speaks Sylvan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, then then in Null, then in Null, Kamar will be like, you lying bastard. I speak Null. <laughs> and Char will respond. Char will respond. Char will respond in Null. Shut up. Don't tell him. <laughs> what, what, what's happening? Nothing. Bedouin is going to say in Shadow Tongue, I'm starting to feel left out. <laughs> Fulcrum's going to say in common, or whatever. Um, so, uh, this meeting's at noon, right? It's, not like, it's, com- it's coming up pretty fast. Maybe we should... Here's, here's the thing. We don't, know, we don't know what they want. Uh, we don't know if it has anything to do with these dreams, but so the least we can do is uh, go find out, I guess. Sure. Like I said, free lunch. <laughs> You got that right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Definitely. It'll be fine. And, um, just, uh, I, uh, I hate to suggest this because I just, uh, I, I just don't deal with religious people, but, um, I'm starting to wonder if we might want to stop by a temple at some point. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't fuck with the gods. But um, something something wacky's going on here. Yeah, maybe an exorcism. Maybe a good idea. I don't know about you guys, but uh, that stuff we saw underneath Yorin's Ford and that dream—it uh, wasn't like any gods that I've heard of. Amber, you've got like a god thing, right? Like a nature god thing. It 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 it's a. I think Chelsea called it a patron, so kind yeah, of good enough. I don't. I don't really know anything. Chelsea, do you know anything else? It, um, uh, yeah. It's so. It's um, it's it's like a a protector. Oh, a protector. There we perfect. go. A protector of um the the natural world, I guess maybe, and it's very far away out in the Badlands, I think. And oh well, fuck that idea. Never mind. <laughs> it's okay. What? No, no, this is... Chelsea, Chelsea, keep oh, no. talking. Keep... We're not going out to the Badlands. Absolutely not. Yes, we we have to, because they're in pain. Something's happening to them. I know this. Yeah, they're in a lot of pain right now. And there's something very dark that they're trying to keep, you know... Chelsea looks down towards the ground and then back up. Down there, and and I think it's getting out. So this is important. Oh, we are so not going out to the Badlands. We should probably change continents. Is there a way to, like, be somewhere else? Well, let's just- I just don't like mortal peril, is all, you know? We will have to deal with this, but maybe we'll deal with something smaller first. Kamar, like, looks around the table and says, I will bet anybody who cares to make the bet, I will bet five pieces of silver for any of you that the job says we have to go out into the Badlands. Do some some dark stuff. Deal with some sort of weird darkness. That'll be perfect. I don't. I don't. I don't accept. I don't have money. I have a talisman. Do you want this? No, I make those. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Actually, yes. Actually, give me that. <laughs> no, no. You say you don't want it, and now I will. <laughs> you said no. It's mine. <laughs> Sorry, but what's a high merchant going to have anything to do with the Badlands? I'll take that bet. Just for fun. Cool. Can't wait to earn five silver. Or to lose it. Well, let's just let's just go see what this guy wants. And you know, if it goes to the Badlands, we will all consider going. Right, Kamar? Sure. We'll consider it at length and probably at great volume. Okay. Thanks, Q. He calls you Q to piss you off. <laughs> so yes, we're going. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh yeah. I guess you're just putting it on the tab again. No paying. How much? Oh, coin. 
Alrighty, uh, I'll be for each of you. Mm, calculate, add eight silver, three copper. I'll cover. Well, you're quite a gentleman. Thank you. Did the water cost anything? No, it's free. I didn't even clean the glass. Disgusting. <laughs> I can tell. It tastes better that way for Amber. I can't taste that. <laughs> so you head out. Against the Shadows podcast is a Misfit Dice production. The Against the Shadows podcast is adapted from the Black Plains Adventure by the great Watt from the Paizo Forums with his express permission and converted into Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Pathfinder 2nd Edition is a product of Paizo Incorporated and is copyright by Paizo. Misfit Dice Productions is not affiliated with Paizo in any way. Disclaimer. This disclaimer is not a legal disclaimer. Music in Against the Shadows is created by Cyan Beats. Check them out at soundcloud.com slash cyanbeats. Ambient music is by Tabletop Audio. Check them out at tabletopaudio.com. If you want to get in touch with the Misfit Dice crew, visit our website at misfitdice.com, email us at misfitdicepod at gmail.com, or tweet at us at misfitdicepod. We have a link to our Discord on our website and Twitter. Like, whatever... Kenneth wants to talk about. Kenneth. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs>